This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, good morning from California. It's uh, October 4th, getting into the fall. Good afternoon, Mom. I'm here in New York City, and it's 2 o'clock here. Well, we're going to have a really interesting show today, and I think it's an important show because you and I are always talking about forgiveness and uh, about the need to forgive, and uh, for those who want to forgive and are able to forgive and are ready to forgive and, um, you know, talking about some of those topics, you know, how do you were talking about 9-11 and about uh, how people uh, said they never forgive, right? Well, this is a, this is an issue and, I, and I'm so glad we're going to have Master Charles Cannon on today to talk to us about it, Mom, because I worked with 9-11 families for 10 years. I worked with firefighter families here in New York City where I live and I ran many, many groups and worked very closely with the community, and they basically said to me, many, many people, Heidi, our loved ones were murdered in a terrorist attack, and we will never forgive, and why do we have to? And that's what I want to ask our guest today more about, why do people have to? And I love this topic, because I've seen some of the ramifications of not forgiving, you know, health problems and distancing yourself from people you care about, et cetera. So I'm just, I'm really glad that, that this guest is on today. Absolutely. Well, let me go ahead and introduce him. Uh, Master Charles Cannon is a leader in the field of modern spirituality, a visionary and a pioneer in the evolution of human consciousness. He founded Synchronicity Foundation for Modern Spirituality, and his latest book is Forgiving the Unforgivable, which describes the 2008 Pakistani Muslim terrorist attacks on Mumbai. It was a 45-hour seizure where four in his group were wounded and two were killed. Welcome to the show, Master um, Charles Cannon. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be with you. It's great to have you on the show today. I just uh, wanted to uh, have people go back and think about that terrorist attack. My goodness, we saw it on the news in 2008, and you were actually there at the hotel where it happened. Can you talk about it a bit? Yes, I was uh, in Mumbai, where I have been many times over many years. I lived in India for 12 years in the 1970s as a disciple to a very well-known Indian guru, and I have been back over the years many times uh, because I have many friends and connections there. And I was there this time with a group of my students from all over the world, and we just happened to be staying in the Oberoi Hotel when the terrorist attack took place. Of course, we were uh, held captive for 45-plus hours, and in the aftermath discovered that uh, four of our members had been seriously wounded and two uh, were killed, a, a father and his 13-year-old daughter. Um, thereafter, in the uh, international media appearances, we were compassionate and forgiving of the terrorists, and that message went out all over the world, and we got thousands upon thousands of responses from people saying that we had inspired them, 
and that they wanted to know who we were, how we got to be the way we are, and how they might learn to be the same. And so it's in response to all those beautiful people that I actually wrote this book. And how did you do it? I know that uh, the people that were with you were you know, had trained with you. So for me, I'm out there in the audience listening right now, Master Charles, and I'm saying, how how do I forgive? I, I don't know. I, I am so angry. Like Heidi was talking about the 9-11 families and people who are carrying this through. How do I forgive if I, I feel like maybe I should be, but I don't know? Well, I always go back to a quote, a well-known quote from the Buddha, which basically says, being unforgiving is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. Wow. Uh, so based on that understanding, and as I, I said in, in the uh, uh, media appearances right after uh, the terrorist experience, I said, look, everybody in life places us a choice. They demonstrate to us a possible experience that we could have. And... What's important is first to honor their experience as appropriate for them. I may never be able to understand why someone chooses the negation of life and hatred and violence, but it's the experience that is happening for them, and they're entitled to their experience just as much as I'm entitled to mine. But what is really important is who do I choose to be in relation to that terrorist? I could choose the terrorist experience for myself. I could choose hatred. I could choose revenge. I could choose the negation of life. And then, to me, the terrorist wins. I've become his disciple. Mm. Rather, I could say, no, I'm not going to choose that. I'm going to rather choose the affirmation of life. I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose compassion. I'm going to choose kindness and forgiveness. I'm going to fill myself with that experience and that's going to be my contribution to our world. You know, it reminds me uh, of uh, a man that I, we had on the show at one time who said that um, it you will always have that experience at your table or that person at your table, but you will have to decide whether you want to feed exactly them or not. Exactly so. Exactly so. I was... Uh, re- Go ahead. I was just going to say, Master Charles, what about the parent that's out there listening right now, that's child has been murdered, that is saying, you know what, you're not entitled to your experience if it kills my child. My child is dead. You've taken that from me. Why should I forgive you? Again, for me, um, forgiveness is enlightened self-interest. It's about the experience that we are going to have. If we don't forgive, we carry uh, that anger, we carry that that negativity within us, and it it consumes us completely. Is that what our child would want for us? Mm -hmm. To suffer, to be miserable, to actually make ourselves sick and ill for the rest of our lives? I don't think so, huh? As has been said in, in so many medical forums, you know, your issues are in your tissues. Uh, if, you, if you do not, as you know, if you do not address these things and resolve them in yourself, you are the one who is going to uh, suffer. And 
that suffering then is going to be the contribution you make to our world. I love that idea, and I, I, I'm, I totally can wrap my arms around it. Is it possible to forgive the act without forgiving the person, or do you need to forgive the person as well? Um, I believe that you need to completely and totally forgive. Forgive the person and forgive their expression. And again, forgiveness is not condonement. Okay. Uh, forgiveness just is compassion. It says, look, every everyone has their experience, and some people's experience is so miserable. Uh, look at these uh, terrorists in Mumbai, for example. One of them survived, was captured and survived. And he revealed in questioning thereafter <clears throat> that um, he was taken from his family, sold by his father as a small child to terrorist organizations to provide the dowry for his two sisters to get married. He was then indoctrinated for 10 or 12 years and prepared every day for this mission and promised all kinds of ridiculous uh, ideas of what um, this would deliver his soul too in some far-off heaven. And thereafter, when he was shown the bodies of his fallen comrades, um, that they didn't ascend into heaven, and that all of those promises were not fulfilled, all of a sudden he said, I've been duped. I've done a terrible thing. So you, you have to have compassion uh, for someone who has that, that experience. But at the same time, you're not condoning it. There are consequences for our experiences and our choices in life, and, and we will have to, uh, to bear them. But we can be compassionate uh, for the suffering and the misery of people out of which arises uh, very life-negative and, and uh, violent choices. Now, I'm out there in the audience, and I'm thinking, okay, Master Charles, I'm thinking that I might, that I'm getting some kind of a glimmer that I might forgive. And I wanted to uh, give some people some things that they can do. You've got some great uh, examples of things that they can actually do right now. Like, uh, talk about diet and exercise, you know, the little things that I could do right now. Well, all of my recommendations, of course, are based on what I call the holistic lifestyle, which is a lifestyle based on the foremost principle of modern spirituality, which is balance. Uh, we have to bring balance to every dimension of our experience, and out of balance we can be more wakeful, more self-aware, more holistic, where we can access those expressions of uh, loving kindness and, and compassion. Uh, but balance begins where our feet are. Uh, and we have to begin with a, a foundation. You know, people will often say, well, yes, I, I want to take the elevator up to the top of the skyscraper and get the 360-degree holistic view. But if we haven't built a strong foundation, it's not possible to do that. So we have to work at the level of the physical and the emotional and the mental dimensions of our experience and, and bring balance there. And, and that begins with balancing uh, our diet. It can be as simple as the foods we eat uh, on a daily basis and the balance between uh, the components of uh, protein, fat, and carbohydrate in a meal and how that 
balance of our nutrients combined with exercise can deliver nice biochemical physical balance, which then in turn translates into an interaction with our hormonal chemistry and our emotional feeling dimensions of experience, which can then link to um, our minds, our mental dimensional balance, uh, and our neurochemical uh, experience. So there are many ways that we can actually take action and create balance and more holistic and I love your diet wasn't some, you know, very strange diet. It was a, a normal diet, which I liked. And one of the things you said was, oh, my goodness, you need to exercise every day, which I not just three days a week. And I, I kind of like that. I, I think that you can go for a walk every day. I do a little yoga every day. And I know you walk a lot, don't you, Heidi? Yes. And I was noticing that Walgreens, I mean, to kind of get off the topic here, but they are putting a challenge around America to walk 30 minutes five times a day. You know, every single day, 30 minutes. It's not a lot of time. You can walk to work. So, I mean, I think it's really important to move your body. Yep. And then, Charles, uh, you talk about creating your cave. Talk about that. I like that. Creating our cave is uh, addressing um, balance, again, in our uh, living situations. And we have two components always to our experience, the objective exterior world and the subjective interior world. And we can get so um, mesmerized uh, by the objective world around us that we lose track of or minimize our interior subjective experience. And so emphasizing that balance, creating that balance within our cave, within our homes, within our offices, in ways that support us to maintain a balance between our interior and our exterior. And the most important of those techniques, or let's say the most time-honored and ancient of those balancing techniques is meditation. Got to find time in every day to sit quietly and look into yourself and restore that balance between the interior and the exterior that allows you to have a more holistic and fulfilling experience Life. And you don't have to sit cross-legged, I know, as you said. Exactly. Well, I'm a Western teacher. Now, I spent <laughs> many years in, in the East in India where I did have to sit uh, cross-legged on marble floors. And, and because we're not enculturated to sit on floors in the West, it can be a very painful experience uh, for Westerners. So I always say, let's, let's walk where our feet are. We were raised on chairs, so there's nothing... <laughs> Nothing wrong with sitting in a chair to meditate. What's important so, is to so be able Master to Charles, move beyond your body, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Master Charles, if I'm extremely busy and I feel like I don't have time to meditate, which I know I'm speaking for a lot of people in this country, what is the minimum amount of time I can meditate and still get results? Oh, even 10 minutes a day can make a okay. huge difference. Who can't find 10 minutes a day, you know, to take mm-hmm. a little balance break? And I encourage people not only to to find the time to actually practice sitting meditation, but to spread that through the day. You know, a little five-minute break here or there in the midst of your day where you just close your eyes and focus within yourself can be an amazingly transformative experience of balance. Great. And uh, talk a little bit about affirmations. I like that, too. Affirmations are a... um, westernization 
and modernization of the ancient uh, technique of mantra and mantra repetition. And, and all the mantras in uh, Sanskrit really uh, translate to the same essential truth, which is the recognition of yourself as um, one consciousness or, or one life or one source. So the use of affirmations can um, direct our mind in the language that we are enculturated in, which is English, to a more truthful perspective of reality. We can acknowledge that we are alive and that life is the unity that we all share. If we look into anybody's eyes, we see the same life looking back at us, and life should be our ultimate value, because without it, what do we have? Nothing. No experience is possible. And through life, we grow, we evolve, we transform. So to connect with that through the use of affirmations, which are just really truthful, positive, life-affirmative statements about who we are and what life is, can assist us to be more wakeful and more truthful in our experience uh, moment by moment and to find that communion and that unity with the rest of humanity that is so important and, and necessary for the times in which we live. Now, can you, for our listeners out there right now, for a very special, for our Open to Hope listeners, give them an affirmation that they can use? Absolutely. <clears throat> the affirmation would be here and now, in this very moment. I am, all is, one. Oh, thank you, Master Charles. And could you tell people how to get in touch with you and tell them about your website? And your book is wonderful, and if you like what you've heard from Master Charles, get this book, Forgiving the Unforgivable, the True Story of How Survivors of the Mumbai Terrorist Attack Answered Hatred with Compassion. And all these things that he's talking about, about eating, and they've been woven in with the story of the Mumbai Massacre. It's really quite a brilliant way to do it, Master Charles, and uh, it's great. And could you tell people about your website? Thank you very much for, for that. And yes, the website is uh, the name of the book, ForgivingTheUnforgivable.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Master Charles, and, and thank you for that affirmation. I'm looking forward to using it myself. Well, it's been a delight to share with you both, and thank you, and may all blessings continue to shower upon you. Thank you. Thanks, Master Charles. Well, Heidi, what a great show. Oh, wow. I'm uh, filled with ideas and things to do. How about you? Absolutely. And, you know, I loved when he said, if we don't forgive, we carry that anger to suffer and to be miserable for the rest of our lives. We really empower those people that we are most angry at and we let them destroy our lives. So I, you know, yeah, it's very, very powerful and a very, very good reason to start moving towards forgiveness. Absolutely. And thank you um, all for listening today. And I hope that if you have people in your life that are forgiving and you feel like that it is hurting them physically, emotionally, and, and stopping them from being all that they could be in their life, please let other people know about the show because I think it's an, a very, very important show. And we hope that you have a good day today and tune in again next week. been listening to Open to Hope Radio 
hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.